0: This is Philip from Teen Idols. And you're listening to the fucking Dummy
1: Room.
2: This is the big time, girlie. This is rock and roll.
3: This, party. this is the happiest day of my life. Hey, pizza! <laughs> you're immature. You can't do a single thing by yourself. You're a spastic nerf bag all the time.
0: You guys are not that dumb.
2: Hey, everybody! You're in the dummy room. I'm Jody. Have not joined, as always, by Nasty Nate Demol. What's
0: happening, dude?
2: What's up, Nate? How you living?
0: i'm living pretty uh pretty good man you know um i gotta tell you a couple days ago guess what i did what'd you do i got to (laughs) i got to drive a zamboni oh yeah (laughs) yeah it happened man (laughs) nice yeah so there's a there's a school district that i do work for and they have this fucking like brand new hockey arena and um they were gonna take the ice down you know whatever they do and he he mentioned to me you know you ever want to drive a zamboni i'm like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fuck yeah so who doesn't I, right i went and did it man cool dude how was it well he was trying to teach me how to like use it like actually how that thing works they're actually pretty complicated like how you like shave the ice and shit you know
2: yeah you're just like and, let me rip around dude
0: yeah, basically it was like I don't, I don't even care i don't have time to like do that i just want to drive it i just want to do some laps you know yeah that's what i did man It's yeah they go kind of fast too dude it's kind of freaky because you're like you're kind of up there and um you know i think um i've driven on ice a lot you know in wisconsin so you kind of know how a car would feel yeah so you know you're on ice so you assume that the Zamboni's going to be kind of hard to drive so it's once you like you fucking hit the gas on that thing it just like digs right in yeah i think mentally you think you're gonna like start spinning out or something but you don't but yeah it was fun though man i said a few laps whatever i did and that's cool yeah it's pretty cool dude yeah <laughs> <laughs> So you I wouldn't have want to get do it, pictures, like, man. you know. Everyone says they want to drive the Zamboni or something, but I couldn't imagine if there was a crowd there. There was like three guys watching me, all giving me shit, you know.
4: Yeah.
0: But um, yeah, I couldn't do it in front of a crowd. No, no way. Why? No, no. And I even asked the guy if he liked doing it, and he said when he first did it, people would yell at him and stuff, you know. <laughs> you fucked the ice up, whatever, you know. Mm, but... So um, yeah. But yeah, man. So that was like the highlight. That was about, that was on Monday I think and then um of course we were planning our big episode 99 which I'm not going to say what we were going to do Yeah, we'll but save it was kind of based on um it was kind of based on a screeching weasel thing go figure right? right and then literally like what a few hours before we were going to record last night um somehow we we land uh, Ben Weasel Yeah and so come on and talk about new screeching weasel album and I don't know how it got planned, but at, how we got him for episode 27 and now 99, unbelievable. But yeah, man, it's yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> it's
2: pretty cool. Yeah, because I like yesterday when I woke up, there was the whole announcement of the Weasel record coming out earlier. Yeah, I was, like, Holy I was shit. so
0: excited. Yeah, yeah, because we knew it was coming. Yeah. But we didn't know it was next week, you know.
2: Right. Yeah, so that was exciting. And then then I started getting blown up by you, and you're like, call me something big i was like oh boy i kind of figured that was what it was too like right off the bat
0: yeah i'm texting you i'm messaging you because usually it's not like that urgent you know what i mean yeah so i'm 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 glad this is happening
2: yeah really cool
0: yeah so but the, the the coolest thing is of course today uh ben sent the new album over yeah and so we got to uh we got to play it. How many times did you play it? Twice, you said?
2: I made it three times so far. Three
0: times? Probably yeah. i listen to it
2: again when we're done here tonight.
0: <laughs> I did like four straight and then it like... It was pretty quick, too. Yeah, there's some short ones, aren't there? Yeah. It is... Um, oh, man, it's fucking good. It's really good. Um, Favorite song? What you got?
2: Oh, man. For At me... At this point, everyone's heard. Yeah. Right off the bat... That settle in hit me hard. I loved that right off the
0: top. Oh, that that is that's that might be like a top ten all time weasel. At least fifteen, maybe. I don't know. I don't want to get really into good. Like, yeah, yeah. Go. I'm I'm not just talking out of my ass. That that is a really good, it's a really song. great song. I like that.
2: Not even close. A lot too, man. And losing my mind and dude, it's just like one after another. Once it gets rolling, I th- oh, you know. When it's I like, heard bang bang boom pow, you know that never dude, been I got... in love is great.
0: Yeah, I got to say, man, when I heard Turn It Around and I heard Josie Cotton singing, yeah, immediately I'm like, that sounds like Josie, you know? <laughs> and, of course, she did a whoa-oh, and somebody must have told her to do it. I <laughs> don't know if it was uh, Ben's producer, Ben, or whatever, but somebody's a fan, and they knew that sh- that would fucking fit perfect. Oh, yeah. And right when I heard that, I'm like, it's fucking Josie. So, um Yeah. <laughs> oh it was, yeah, it was that's, pretty that's cool a, you know like a standout this is for sure something special but
2: i like brain in a jar man Are you too man that like stutter vocal thing it's
0: great yeah um and uh i i, I fuck man back of your head yeah
2: that's great that
0: is uh you know there's that there's a cool line in the beginning where he says like i've tried to pacify her it's funny i don't even like her yeah man this this whole fucking album is good but oh, i yeah, think ben you know it starts uh, out good four. yeah Starts but it gets better. Good. It's like a when roller coaster. in it hits, it's like after settle in, it's like there's this buildup of just banger after banger. Yeah, it's like and,
2: it, they just—it's relentless, man. They just keep coming to like. I'm super stoked about it, man.
0: I love it. One thing that I like is it's is um there's some different shit on here, man.
2: Yeah, there's like uh, uh, some kind like, of baby fat style, some Riverdale's kind of songs.
0: I, so the song uh, "God Help Us" with that the cool like, at uh, the beginning, you know, that's a different song for Screeching Weasel for sure. Yeah, um, you well, know, it's like the,
2: volume swells. Volume, yeah, yeah. That's what um, reminded me of Baby Fat a little bit.
0: But problematic, yeah. He's got that little uh, crony part in the middle where he's yeah. <laughs>
2: That'd,
0: <laughs> That'd be that's your safe song.
2: space and shit. <laughs> that's great. Hey, what did you think of that "Dead by Dawn," dude? The song rips. That's so descriptive. I was like totally, like visualizing it like some kind of dystopian alien movie you know yeah where the fucking alien rips out his chest it's pretty gruesome dude (laughs) yeah but awesome um
0: it's a good record dude oh yeah
2: i can't wait to like you know months into this and see where we're at but on first three listens it's a fucking hit for
0: me dude yeah i i like that it's it's uh it seems like there's a lot of love songs here dude and it seems timely. It seems very timely. But um, I think, um, I don't know, another song is Bleed Through Me. Yeah, that's that a great song, one. That song.
2: I love that long kind of outro re- refrain, you know?
0: Yeah, that's kind of a long song. I was kind of surprised when I saw that, you know? Yeah. I think that's like four minutes, but it's, I don't know what we call it, but you know, you know the, the guitar muted and yeah. the vocals together we got to come up with a name an intro, for that. it's just an intro bit yeah well it's not just the it's it's actually beyond the intro yeah, that's but that's true. like the first verse oh man and ben has never I, I don't know everyone's gonna jump on us of course if i say this but um i don't know if he's ever sounded better dude vocally he sounds vocally spot on it sounds great yeah lyrically on
2: point As usual, that's no big surprise, but yeah, that's not a surprise. There's a few different lyrics that jump out (laughs) that are like totally timely with all this virus shit going around that kind of tripped me out in a weird way. But uh, man, good on Ben for you know putting this out there for a bunch of bored people stuck at home. Yeah, a little little slice of happiness for you, you know?
0: Yeah, and that's that's part of what is really cool for me on this. I know we have, uh, I don't want to get into it too much because it's I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but. Um, it's it's what we're going through right now, you know this this bullshit, and especially I know it's everywhere. But um, you know we have friends in Italy, yeah. and they're they're getting fucking hammered by this shit, uh, especially man. uh, you know our Reduno land out there. Yeah, it's, man. yeah, that's the worst part. And of terrible. course, you know Franz is there, and and uh, you know our our friend uh, Marco,
2: yeah,
0: he's in that area, and it's like, oh, it just it's, it's it kind of pulls at your heart a little bit because they're oh. going through, they're seeing shit that. Yeah, like those, uh, nobody those should have trucks in him. that
2: video. God damn, Dude, man. It's hard. So I I I don't even know what to say, man. I've I've never in my life thought we'd see this kind of, you know, human suffering in our lifetime. Yeah.
0: I, I hope it ends soon. You so know, I hope I. it ends right now.
2: My biggest question is is how's <laughs> Keith Richards doing? If that guy goes down, we're all fucked.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Tom Hanks made it, man.
2: Yeah. See, well, that's cool. You know, you try trying to make... I don't know. It's just a fucked up... I just don't know how to handle these types of situations. I haven't been at work since Saturday, but basically stuck here at home doing... I know. Nothing. You know, I mean, I wrote a couple new songs, <laughs> you know, but that's about it.
0: I uh, I wrote... Uh, I was chatting with Jay from Jagger Holly the other day. Yeah. And uh, he's stuck at home, you know. And I told him, you know, when this is all over, I expect, like... I expect uh, a couple new jagger holly albums and
2: <laughs> hell yeah spazic hearts
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, so, give them, um, Mike an
2: angie dude let's make this happen
0: <laughs> yeah man so yeah i just i just like i said i don't want to talk about it too much but um
2: yeah i mean i think that what our goal would is more to like you know provide people with a free little happy distraction for an hour and a half yes, or whatever you know but... let's
0: Try not but to reality talk about is it much. also the fact that that people are, you know, they're they're going through yeah. shit, and uh, I'm am, I'm am, uh, my uh, my thoughts go out to those guys.
2: Yeah, me too. And man. anybody
0: else that's going through it. But right now, those are our Reduno buddies, and um, they're seeing it the worst.
2: Yeah, man. So, um, sending love to you guys out there, man. But we gotta all try to stay positive. As humans, we will adapt and we will survive this, man. You know. No. We just got to try to be patient because it might suck for a little while, you know.
0: So today I was at work, and my wife calls, you know, and um, a guy that she works with, he went to uh, he went to a fucking wedding this weekend, right? Like, mm. really, you went to a wedding, you know? And um, of course, the hotel he stayed in, I guess, had a had a case, had a positive. Mm. Uh, positive test, and um, so they have to contact everybody that stayed there, which is nice, you know. But so he, have, he's not sick or anything, you know, yet. Yeah, but you know, it's like this shit's getting close now. So that was kind of on my mind today. So
2: yeah, mine too, man.
0: It's so my my wife, my wife, uh, you know, she works at a at a at a bakery, you know. So this French bakery. So it um, they actually ended up just closing you know for for a couple weeks at least like a lot of places here but um yeah so it kind of sucks yeah it really does
2: my fear is though that this couple of weeks is going to turn into permanent and then what the (laughs) fuck is everybody gonna do like i'm already i'm already stressed out it's only been you know my i worked my last gig saturday
0: yeah see i don't think like that i I can't because i just i i want to be a little bit more positive than that i do too man but it just keeps getting crazier. It's like, I've
2: always been Mr. Brightside, you know what I mean? Like looking at the silver lining, but dude, that's getting harder and harder to do lately. I
0: think part of the fucking problem is people are, have been watching these uh, apocalypse shows and these end of times and like walking dead shit where it's like, that's what they're, they're, they're ready for They think they're ready for it, you know, and that's what they think this is. And it's like, I don't think that, but people throw it out there and it makes people worry. And, uh, it's a big fucking mess. And, nah i think it doesn't. i'm hoping i'm trying to stay positive you know yeah i think it'll be gone in a few weeks a month or something
2: i'm hoping man because i mean people haven't been saying that you know once it warms up it's going to make a big difference and it's already getting warm here you know what i mean like it's yeah i had the windows open today
0: nice yeah so Whether that's a um, smart
2: thing to do in this
0: environment or not
2: i don't know but like yeah i don't know either I don't want to live in a life where, you know, we're totally removed from like all our humanity and all the simple things. Like you can't go outside or whatever. You know what I mean? I don't want. I can't. I don't want to live in that kind of world. And I'm afraid yeah. that that could happen to us. It's all fucked up.
0: Uh, so. But I'm trying to stay positive too. And let's stay positive by uh, we should uh, we should bring on Ben, man. Yeah, we should. All right, let's do it.
3: E-U-M-M-Y-R-O-O-M. Coming up next, we got
0: a guest. We got a guest. Coming up next. Coming up next, we got a guest. We got a guest.
3: Coming up next.
0: All right, we're here with uh, Ben Weasel. How are you doing tonight,
1: man? I'm good. How are you?
0: Good. Sorry for the lack of introduction, but you've been here before. Everybody already knows who the hell you are. Um... Yeah, episode ninety nine. I don't know how we planned this, Ben, but it's it's been nice. once I got the uh, the call yesterday that we could have Jan. I thought, wow, this is we had Jan for twenty seven coincidentally, and now ninety um,
1: nine. Out of numbers after that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there are any more, are there?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll write a I'll write a like song called one fifty or something. There and we'll you go. Do that.
0: <laughs> Perfect. We'll see. We'll see yeah. you in six months. Hey, um, so um, how's the family? Everybody good in the uh, weasel household?
1: Yeah, we're we're uh, hunkered down here in the bunker, as it were, and uh, it's been uh, we're at day day four of the uh, quarantine. Um, nobody's killed each other yet, so I consider <laughs> that a, a success.
2: <laughs> no shining moments yet, huh?
1: No, I mean the tough thing for me is that you know the kids are home from school. Normally, I had gotten on this really great schedule where I was doing. You know, getting up real early and doing uh, my creative work in the morning and I had become very disciplined about not doing any other business until after lunch, right?
3: Okay. And
1: the problem is in order to do the creative work, I need complete and total silence. Well, that's out the window. So, right. so <laughs> I'm not, I just finished up a, a project and I was about to start another and, and that's kind of on hold, although uh, it involves some research, so I'm kind of justifying You know, justifying it that way. Well, I would have been doing the research anyway. But the long and the short is, I'm not doing the creative work, which is part of the reason why I thought, you know, now is a good as good a time as any to to bring the album out. I mean, it's you know, we were looking at August for a release date, but at this point, the guy who's been helping us out with management is a uh, show promoter down in St. Louis, and. He was telling me about all the uh, cancellations they they were having, and I said, "Okay, I mean, I expect that, but how far out?" He said, "To fall," and I said, "I said, dude, we're not going to get out this year. I mean, we're not. There's no way because everything that's being canceled, if it can be rescheduled by then, it will be. I mean, every that that just means everything gets pushed back, and it's going to be ten times more cutthroat because we 're all sitting around unable to earn that money now yeah <laughs> so I figured well it looks like we're probably not going to be able to tour to support the record so we might as well put it out now while we have you know I'd love to pat myself on the back and say because I'm a nice guy and want to give people something to listen to which is certainly <laughs> yeah <laughs> but really I was telling the, the the people on the on the Facebook live stream today it's really because I've got a captive audience you're all stuck yeah. <laughs> you know you're mm-hmm. all stuck been a
2: better time.
1: Yeah, I was actually
2: really happy that you would do that because I mean, you do have a lot of fans in Italy and other places, and I mean, here I'm in quarantine. You know what I mean? We can go to the store if we want to, but who wants to risk it? You know,
1: it's kind of a nice thing, I think. To uh, you know, I know people have been, you know, they've been live streaming themselves playing acoustic guitar and shit like that. I mean, that's not me. I'm not. I'm I'm not good enough. (laughs) And and I'm not. Yeah, I'm not the. I'm not the guy who's going to do that. But uh, but this is you know, the live stream that I've been doing every day um, is is gives something, you know, gives people something to listen to, and then um, and then having the new album, I think as well. and and I'm really happy with the new album. I'm very proud of it, and I'm particularly proud of of um, the job that uh, my bandmates did on it. Uh, the musicianship on this record, I think, is the best on any it's definitely the best on any screeching weasel record it's the best combination of very good musicianship and musicianship that is designed to uh bring out the best in the song so to the extent that it that these songs succeed i think a lot of a lot of credit is owed to the musicians who played on it and of course the producer as well
0: jody and i were talking before we had john ben and we both uh mentioned that your fucking vocals sound great like you may this may be the best sounding vocals you've ever had
1: thank you yeah they came out good the funny thing is i was i got sick the day we started vocals it wasn't like a debilitating (laughs) thing but i had i had it ended up being funny enough this it lasted like three months it was and the doctors couldn't figure out what wrong they're like ah it's just some kind of virus maybe i'm the one who brought the coronavirus to the
2: <laughs> bin weasel uh, patient zero to,
1: <laughs> yeah but i was that whole week i had a sore throat and i was really fatigued and i just figured well you know i'm singing and singing you know if you work like i was working like about five hours a day and that doesn't seem like much, but when you're singing and you're pushing everything out of your diaphragm, it is pretty tiring. And so I figured, well, I'm getting tired because I've been on my feet singing, you know, and, and I got a sore throat because I've been singing, but it just, it it didn't go away. And um, and so I'm kind of surprised, but it's really easy working with the, our producer, Mike Kennedy. He's, he's just so good at getting uh, good vocal performances out of me. And this was the first time that I worked with him, where uh, I would have to. He'd say, "Okay, you're good," and I'd say, Are "You sure? Maybe I should do a couple more." And, and he'd say, "No, well, if you want to, you can, but I think you're good." So he didn't really even work me very hard.
2: Hmm. Sounds great. Yeah, it sounds so really t- good.
1: I think what a lot of it is is we've been trying to make this record for years, and I was like, "Okay, we're finally doing it." And I knew a, a lot of the songs have been around for a few years, so I knew them real well and uh and i had practiced them a lot and i felt real confident with them but anyway i appreciate the compliment because uh because i too am happy about the way my vocals turned out and i'm usually i'm usually not
0: right so i saw some posts on facebook you know people are they hear about the record they're excited but they say you know they don't want to they don't want another baby fat or whatever which i actually like baby fat but um this certainly is no baby fat this is me and jody were talking about this too i think this is the best record since uh since bark bark like a dog i think
1: well i don't you know maybe you know i can't judge really i mean i think the people who don't like baby fat you know you never hear anybody when they say they don't like that record you never hear anybody say well the songs aren't good right what what they say is they just don't like the idea of it they don't like that there were different singers on the stuff which you know i get that i don't care you know if i were (laughs) going to do it over again that knowing that wouldn't stop me because obviously going into it we knew that was going to be an issue but i mean just you know if you were just to look at at the quality of the songs i mean to me uh, you know baby fat i love that record and uh, to me it's one of the only things i've done where i've actually been a little bit impressed with myself in in terms of the songs because i think the songs are not only overwhelmingly good but it's very difficult to sit down and write something where that essentially has to be sequenced beforehand, right? So you've mm, got to, right. because because you're going along with the story, you've got to make sure that certain types of songs that convey certain things, um, not just lyrically, but musically, um, are in the right spots. That's much harder to do than you might think. And you don't have the freedom that you have when you make a regular record where you can say, well, I'm just going to let it rip and kind of let the chips fall where they may. It's a it's a much more methodical way of writing. And so I think a big part of the reason that I enjoyed doing that so much was because it was very challenging and the, and the, and the prospect of abject failure was always looming over that project. And when we <laughs> finished it, I mean, to me, it's a, it was a huge success, a huge creative success. And the fact that, you know, some people didn't like it and that, you know, it didn't, I mean, it really didn't sell a ton, but we also didn't promote it at all like literally at all we didn't even do a one sheet for it you know there was there was nothing behind it i was just like i was in this frame of mind where i was like fuck the music industry i'm tired of playing their games i'm just putting it out there give it direct to the fans and i i really like that album and i think it's a little i mean i think it's unfortunate when they're considering there's so many good vocal performances on that record from sure. from really good singers yeah Black sounds un- fantastic yeah, Blag Chat. is great. cat is great on that. Paul Collins. I mean, yep. there's a lot of really good songs on that record, and of course, I sang some of the songs too. But um, I get, like I said, I get why people don't want that, but I think they're also missing out on some, you know, some really good songs. Uh, but this new one, I, I agree. I mean, I like, I like it. But you know, you make a new record, you always think it's your best record, and uh, if you don't, you probably shouldn't have released it.
2: i think this one's solid man top to bottom though man but it it hits the spot right in the middle where it's just relentless one banger after another it's unbelievable ben i I really dig it man
1: i appreciate that because it was a hard one to sequence too i've never i have never struggled as much with sequencing a record as i as i did with this one yeah yeah because it's i mean it's well you know you've got like the first song she ain't your baby and problematic they cover the same Sort of thing, um mm-hmm. lyrically, and on top of that, they share a chord progression, so you gotta keep those far away from each other, yeah. but but they um, sound totally
2: different from one another, I think
1: well, they because problematic's
2: do. like super like sixties pop, you know what I mean, whereas yeah. Shan, your baby's a little more rocked out,
1: yeah, oh yeah, yeah, but um but it's still it's still the kind of thing like you wouldn't put those two next to each other, right right, right. yeah. And, and then to make things more complicated, you've got a third song losing my mind that has again the same chord progression. So yeah, you know, three on the same album. And This is a choice that I would never <laughs> ever have made on my own, but the producer wanted those three songs on and I was like, hey, I you know, I like the songs. it's just gonna make it harder to sequence and right. uh, there's a couple of, there's just a couple others you know i'm I'm concerned with what is happening thematically lyrically, but also what's happening thematically from a musical point of view. so, there were some uh kind of logistical uh hurdles in in sequencing this but i think we got it finally
2: nailed it man that that like outro solo on losing my mind is my favorite like musical piece on this record i'm
3: kind of getting scared that i'm losing my mind
2: like this delicate beauty there and it just makes me feel a certain kind of way I can't really describe it but I love it yeah
1: yeah well that's you know credit um credit our producer I think for that one
2: sounds but, great uh,
1: uh, that was a good that was a good idea to do it like that
2: yeah it was cool but
1: yeah that's uh that, that's and it's funny too because people you know the people don't like baby fat three that's one of the three songs on the record that was uh that I wrote for for app two of baby fat which yeah. is you know I'm certainly never going to be recorded because just the the budget would you know need to be much bigger than I can um than I yeah I can't raise that kind of money but but three of those songs were written specifically for at two of baby fat
2: God help us was one right No yeah. No and uh
1: <laughs> dude <laughs> Sorry dude. No uh, It sounds like a baby fat although, kind
2: of song to me. I would, think,
1: I would think that though because that was a line um from the last song on uh Mm-hmm. it might have been the last or the second last song on on Act one, but no, um it was uh uh losing my mind and then um uh crying shame and uh the last song bleed through me but but that actually had totally different lyrics, and that was gonna be the last song of the opera okay. and so then i uh the producer tweaked the arrangement on that like he added he added two verses. I only had one verse originally and he added a lead section um and he added a chorus you know like i literally when i wrote that song it was like it was it went after um i think after that i guess it originally had two verses so after that second verse it just went into the outro
2: okay and
1: and he wanted to lengthen that so i had to i had to write another verse of lyrics anyway so so that's what happened, but yeah. I think it came out good. I, 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 I mean, I think he was right. It was, hard, you know, it's always, it's sometimes hard for you to hear because you hear it in your head one way for so long. But he, he made the right call on that.
2: I thought that crying shame was kind of y, You know what I mean? It kind of reminded me of some like a Riverdale song that you would have.
1: Yeah, I guess I can hear that. Separate it playing games.
2: you about this lyric in that song where you're like, "Well, it ain't nothing but a wedding ring, a piece of metal on a finger. No one cares. What's that all about?"
1: <laughs> well, that was a uh, that was a Baby Fat song, and that is one that I would have sung in act to a Baby Fat oh. in the character of in the character of Tommy Swank, yeah, who's yeah. this kind of, uh, <laughs> this kind of creepy aging rock star. Sure. Uh, who is married, but who um, you know? Who uh, does his thing with various w- women, and he's he's uh, like a lot of people like that. He's very charming and he's very convincing. And uh, and so the second half of that line is
2: uh, um, something about sophisticated everyone, and debonair everyone, and shit.
1: That's right. Everyone knows it doesn't mean a thing because we're because sophist- we're so sophisticated and debonair, right? Yeah. So. Um, and I think that's, uh, uh, you know, a common attitude among, among certain people anyway, or at least they purport to, to believe that when they're, you know, trying to justify whatever they're up to. Right. But, but, yeah, it's, it's funny because that's, um, that's, a, that's totally a baby, that, that thing. That's a thing of trying to get into that, uh, into that character's head. So that is kind of his... The idea behind that was that song was going "Crying Shame" was going to be Tommy Swank's uh, "La Donne Mobile," right? Okay. So that boletto So, uh, so that one has been sitting around for a few years now.
0: Right on. I gotta ask you. There is a guest vocalist on the record, um, uh, Josie Cotton.
1: Yeah, Josie Cotton sings on uh, "Turn It Around." Turn it around. I heard
0: it, and I'm like. I heard her singing first and I'm like, that's, that's Josie. And then somehow after the second line, she does a, a whoa. Yeah. And yeah. instantly, it, it, you know, it's her. Um, how'd that come about, man?
1: Um, well, she, you know, she's a fan of our, of our cover. Of, cover? Of, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> of course. Most people who know, who know her, know her for that song. It was a big hit song in,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right. in the eighties. And, uh, but uh, and she was out of music for a while, but a lot of people don't know. She's a very good songwriter. And uh, in fact, I would say she's a great songwriter and I don't use that word lightly. She's not really, you know, she was a song where she didn't write Johnny, are you queer, but she no. was a songwriter before she was a singer. And, uh, um, and she's put out some really, really great and very interesting uh, records over the past few years. And, um, and so I, you know, I knew I had seen something on uh, Instagram or one of those where uh, she had kind of given the thumbs up to our cover of that song. So I figured, eh, you know, I know she's going to say no, but or just blow us off. But I figure I'll ask anyway if she wants to do it, because that that song was crying out to be really a duet. And uh, to my surprise, she, she was just like right on it. She said, oh, hell yes, I'll do it. And uh, cool so she you know she owns a studio so out there in LA so it was easy enough to to put together and I'm very very pleased with how it came out and I mean it's you know I've been doing this a long time I I I guess I'm pretty jaded but it's kind of exciting to me like oh man I'm singing on a track with with Josie Cotton (laughs) (laughs) fuck yeah dude she should get a lot more credit than she does you know she's kind of yeah. thought by a lot of people as a one hit wonder it's like no she can write her ass off yeah. i mean she's a great singer too obviously yeah, she is, right but she can she writes songs and she knows what she's doing
0: yeah i was uh i was just i just thought it was cool that she's on the record you know i mean obviously uh you covered johnny are you queer in 1994 so fast forward 26 years and she's uh you know on your record now yeah, full circle man <laughs> actually on the record so
1: yeah the other uh guest singer on there is on losing my mind it, it, it can maybe get lost a little bit but mike herrera from mxpx did some vocals on that oh, one shit, So that's that- mike huh i was wondering who that was I was
0: too yeah yeah so the album actually is released digitally on on you know at, at the time of listening to this it's out now but um so tuesday um uh, we're gonna see a physical release vinyl C D or anything in the fall?
1: I mean, you know, people keep asking that and it's like, how should I know? I mean, it, we're <laughs> we kind of, life's kind of on hold at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Right?
4: Right.
1: So and on top of that, one of the two uh, places in the world that was producing lacquers, yeah. you know, for cutting yeah. vinyl burned, burned down. To the ground. So there were already these these big delays. I mean you throw in the expense and everything else. I mean look Uh, you know, we've kind of had some interest from some smaller labels and, and, uh, I'm not opposed to doing it. I mean, we could certainly do it, but to, to, um, predict like when that would, I, I, I mean, it's impossible to say, I don't know. I mean, I imagine eventually it'll be, it'll be available on vinyl, but I couldn't even venture a guess as to when,
0: yeah, well, uh, the, the the record that I'm putting out right now, I I got it to the plant right away, right when I heard about the fire. It was like the next two days I got it there, and I guess I got lucky because
1: well, you know do, you guys do um do you guys do the direct to metal thing? No,
0: Good. no.
1: That's what a lot of people are going to for the alternative, and I won't do that. Sounds like shit. Yeah, it's just what's the point? I mean, if everybody's gonna bitch, it's funny because everybody's like it sounds better, it sounds better, and half these idiots are listening to these direct-to-metal <laughs> fucking... pieces a shit. They sound terrible. Yeah. Yep. So if you're going to do it, I mean, I think you should do it right. And, you know, guys, I'm I'm less than a half-hour drive from Dave Eck at Lucky Lackers. I, I have the luxury, living where I do, of I can actually sit there while my master is being cut, you know? Yeah. I can go over there and, and actually supervise... Yeah. The, the cutting of my master, which is what I did with Baby Fat. And so, um, you know, I mean, if I'm going to go down that road, I'm not going direct metal mastering. I'm, I'm doing it the right way because to me, really the entire point of it is that you want, you know, some decent sound. Well, then you get it cut by somebody who's good at it and you get it done the right way. Absolutely. Hey everybody, what's up? This is Kurt Baker, and you are tuned in to the one
0: and only Dummy Room Podcast. Yeah!
2: So Ben, this is kind of weird, and I know these, a lot of these songs are older, right? But as I was listening to it this afternoon, and with all the shit going on in the world, there was like certain little bits and pieces in your lyrics that like totally fit the times, and I thought it was kind of odd. Uh, <laughs> was, I mean, obviously that's not on purpose, right? But, I mean, the, you're talking about infectious disease or no unspeakable disease, and to hell with you, right? And oh, then, yeah. like, settle in is like a total quarantine hit. You know what I mean? Everybody's <laughs> just going to settle in. and It's kind of eerie. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of trippy. Yeah.
1: Ideally, when you write, you know, when you write songs, you're um, trying to tap into. The, I mean, the, one of the tricks I think is to do something that is specific enough that it doesn't seem like just kind of mindless. Right.
2: Um,
1: you know, like a mindless pop song, baby, 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 over and over. Um, <laughs> although I use the phrase all the time myself lately, the past ten years or so. But um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Where you yeah. yeah. Kind of, on the radio and hear these top 40 hits where you're just like, God, the, you know, the lyrics are so vapid. There's just nothing to them. So you try to avoid that, right. By being, you know, specific enough and unique enough with, without, um, without, uh, crossing over into the esoteric, I guess. And, and, um, I mean, there's, you know, it is literally an art form. How do you combine something that has the, um, that has how do you create something that has a combination of a sense of the new but also simultaneously the familiar and uh and i to some extent the answer to that is self-evident in the genre because in rock and pop music so much of it is built on what has come before i mean the, the notion that you're you know you hear this unfairly i think a lot about green day oh they ripped off this song or that song or whatever and it's like now they're 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 not that's not ripping off right they're 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 building on what came before there's a difference they're right. not stealing somebody else's song um, and but a lot of the great rock music was you know pretty close to to outright theft. I mean there's a, <laughs> a pretty long history of that yeah and uh, because of that you've got because that's so much a part of it, you've got, already built in a kind of a sense of the familiar. So then the key I think is how do you, how do you make your stuff different? And a lot of that I think comes down to, um, having a pretty good idea of what your strengths are as a writer and, and what your weaknesses are. And then really, um, doing your best to, uh, to emphasize the strengths and and downplay the weaknesses. And for me, Uh, a very big step in doing that was working with a producer uh, because I had an objective voice who I felt was very much on my side who wanted the same things that I wanted but had some um, frankly better and just also more efficient ideas about how to achieve that and I was for whatever reason I had for a couple years before I worked with a producer I had been just um, starving for one really okay like you'll you'll hear about people they don't like to be edited like writers they don't like to be edited I'm like the guy sit- sitting there who wrote a book and is going I-, I want somebody to edit my book I want somebody to tell me where I went wrong <laughs> and so I was really primed at that point to have somebody come in and 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 help me out but the key with that of course is you've got to trust the person you've got to trust that they want what you want, which is to, which is to do just what I said, to, to emphasize your strengths, downplay the weaknesses, and to make the best record that you're capable of making. And, and ideally one that, you know, if you, if what you're doing is, is um, a value, then it should end up being something that nobody else could really do in that way that you do it. And I think if, if that's a criteria, then I think, you know, we pretty much succeeded on this on this new record. But oh, yeah. I, I, if I, I would again give a, an awful lot of credit to the musicians on this, because they they were like me; they were champing at the bit, going, "Man, we've been trying to make this record forever." And when it came time to deliver, they were just <clears throat> they were all business. They just kicked ass. That's so, awesome. who plays on the record? I, don't, I guess I don't even know who's all playing on this. That's our, that's our live lineup, the same live lineup we've had for a couple okay. of years now, which is uh, Pierre Marchand on drums. Well, Pierre's been with <laughs> us. Uh, he's good. He's been like 11 years. He's actually played drums longer than anybody in the band. Um, and uh, um, Mike Hunchback, who's been with us for that long yep. as well. Right. And uh, uh, Poutine on bass, who's been with us since 2013. And then Trevor on guitar who took over from Zach Damon, like uh, a couple years ago. Um, and uh, Trevor had a lot, Trevor really essentially co-produced um, three of the tracks on the record that were, that were recorded almost as demos. Um, so three of the songs are from a different session. It's like the first two songs and then um, uh, settle in. And so those were all recorded actually as demos when we we're still, Deluding ourselves into thinking we might find a record label to put it out. Um, but uh, yet a lot of people come in on this one who had some really great uh, creative ideas. I mean, this, honestly, this record I would say is probably the first one I've ever done where I really felt like it was a, a band effort. You know, I mean, I wrote the songs, but uh, the, this record, Would not have come out anywhere near as good with a different group of musicians. I'm really um, I'm really excited about about that the record for that reason Uh, because it's You know, it's a time especially now when we don't really know when we're gonna be able to play again uh, with the virus and everything and and it's just kind of it's it's time for those guys I think to get a little acknowledgement because I've known for quite a while how good they are, but there's not been a ton out there on recordings because th- th- those guys, well, Trevor didn't play on it, but um, those guys only played, the rhythm section only played on five songs on Baby Fat, And uh, uh, Hunchback played on more than that, and I think Damon played on a little bit more than that. But but most of that was uh, Chris Gaylor on drums and, and our old bass player, Dave Klein, on bass.
4: Mm-hmm. And...
1: And our producer Mike played a lot of the guitar on that. So, and that was just budget-wise, we couldn't we couldn't afford to, you know, have twenty odd songs um, and have those guys in there for that long. So, uh, so this I think is the is the first, you know, this is the first full length where these guys really get to flex their muscles, and I'm I'm, I'm uh, really pleased with the work they did
2: so let me ask you how old is that not even close is that a, like an older one or a newer one or what's going on with that song
1: uh, a couple of years actually our licensing rep uh, sent an email and he said uh, he said I've got a request um, I guess it was for a TV show a song about Chicago that doesn't say Chicago <laughs> in the lyrics
2: okay Okay.
1: and I said I don't have one but I'll write one
2: <laughs>
1: I, said, I don't know how soon they need it but I'll write one and I wrote it immediately and he said no they need it right away so it's not going to happen but I, I said well you know it's a pretty good song I had had that riff the main riff has been kicking around since the early 2000s um, but I had never been able to write a song around it so I finally did and and uh, but I like challenges like that right yeah. so uh, to me, it was kind of like it didn't. It didn't matter that we weren't going to have anything for the for the licensing gig because I knew it was a good song. So I just kept working at it and and did a lot of lyric tweaking and stuff. But uh, but that's what it is. It's a song about Chicago that doesn't say Chicago anywhere in the lyric. <laughs>
2: was one of the ones though that hit me today you know you know how music is totally subjective obviously i knew it was about a city i kind of thought you were talking about where you're at now but now it makes more sense hearing your explanation but there was like key key lyrics in here that are just gold dude but that totally resonate with like today like you say uh there's some line that says something about too tough to care and too scared to hope you know what i mean it was really poignant for me today in the light of all this bullshit going on in the world but the the greatest part though is where you get to like how you you feel so alive and you feel so strong, you know? And who really cares if you're right, if you can't be proven wrong or whatever it says? And honestly, today, man, that actually gave me hope, dude. I know that may sound corny, but it really did, man. So thanks for that little slice of hope there, Ben. But uh, it struck me as kind of oh. odd, like, how much some of these lyrics totally relate to shit going on today, man. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm. I think I come at it from a different perspective because I'm actually trying to accomplish. But that's good. I mean, I'm actually trying to accomplish something. You know, I, I mean, I look at it, I guess, from a technical point of view. That's good, though. That that's. Uh, it's funny too because that line, "God, I feel so strong," is a is a conscious hat tip to the same line from um, from the outro of Alice Cooper's version of "Hello Hooray." Yeah. I'm an Alice Cooper fan and uh, and I had it's one of those things where you, you you write a line and you're like, man, that's really similar to something else and you can't think of what it is, and you're like, Oh yeah, it's a song I've heard like eight billion times. <laughs> so so at that point you can either rewrite the line or you can just say, uh, I'll just go ahead and, and oh, yeah. make sure that's what I'm referencing. Not that a ton of people would get that, because I get that a lot of people who like us maybe aren't aware of or aren't really into Alice Cooper, but, uh, but that's where that came from. And, and, uh, you know, Alice Cooper used to live in Chicago, so maybe that's, uh, it's cool. Maybe that brings the whole thing full circle. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, that's really, you know, that's a matter of kind of trying to, and I don't know how effective it is, but that's a matter of trying to kind of capture the spirit. Not that there is a single one, but the spirit of a, of a city or something. And and clearly it's not, it's not a very positive uh, portrayal, (laughs) but, um, but, but I think you're onto something in, in reading the end the way you do, because I think had I written that song, if I'd written that song 25 years ago, it would have been very cynical all the way through. And, and that's just, I think, hopefully a sign of maturity in my writing that I know to pull back and maybe leave the door open a little bit more at the end, instead of instead of just hammering that thing home all right. the way through. Yeah, it's know. like
2: it's a little cynical, like the shirt off of someone else's back. But then it turns into this positive ending. You know, I love it, dude. Love it.
1: Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know what I think about it. But I'm glad that you that you. Uh, I'm glad that you had that take on it.
2: It was cool. I mean, yeah. I like how it's you know the sun's gonna shine on us all. You know it's like everything might just be okay. Like right. we're gonna get through this somehow, some way. Because I know a lot of people out there really do believe that this is the end of the world kind of shit. You know what I mean? I don't feel that way about it. I think I'm, there's still hope.
1: Little, no, it's not the end of the world, and I'm a little more worried about the people who don't seem to be worried at all because <laughs> well, you gotta yeah.
2: worry, but it's not like some apocalypse. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. It, it's not. It's not the the apocalypse that we have to worry about is more economic in nature than viral, and uh, and that is going to be the challenge in the coming weeks and months. How do we balance um, the uh, not just the the medical um, implications of what's happening, uh, and the ethical medical impl- implications of what's happening because you see what's happening over in, in Italy I mean care is being rationed in a way that should terrify us okay <laughs> if you are over 80 you're you first you weren't getting intubated at this point you're not even getting treated okay because there's no room and um, so there, there you know there are serious ethical uh, questions um, there's a serious medical concern, but there's also serious economic concerns because we can't stay locked down indefinitely without massive failure, not only of our own economy, but of the world economy. And so um, the question that we're gonna have to ask, I think, in the in the coming weeks and months is, is there a way to balance that? And And one of the questions coming up is a very, you know, And it's not theoretical anymore. As a theoretical question, it's interesting. When it's reality, and it's, you know, your grandmother who might not live, and you have to ask, what is that life worth versus uh, the health of the economy, versus people being able to work and to pay their bills and support their families and keep everything going, you know? I I certainly don't have an answer for it, and it's a very, very – it's something that I think most of us, you know, never, it never occurred to us that we were ever going to be in a situation where we had to make um, those decisions. And, and we're going to. And I see already, guys, I don't know if you've seen this, but I've already seen on the internet, you people who are absolutely indignant and angry about not being able to, well, I have to go to work and support my family. And these people are not going to let some old lady with a pre existing health condition. Uh, stand in their way. Man. Mm. I mean, that's, yeah. That's scary shit. We got to, you know, I saw a thing today. Um, I didn't read the whole article, but it was very interesting written by somebody talking about the old, you know, he's an old person with some health problems and some of the old people he you knows, a 102 year old uh, survivor of, of Auschwitz and things like that. It's easy to forget sometimes that old people are still people they're still mm. human beings it's not like they're old and they're like ah fuck it I'm old I'm ready to die you know I mean yeah, they're, it's
2: not like an old used car or something
1: right and not only that but they're they're often you know they often have the wisdom that we don't because, because so much of, of wisdom comes with age and they have experience and they have stories and they have a lot beyond all that they just have intrinsic worth uh, as a human being. I mean this is a fundamental belief of mine and I would hope of most people that right. that each person has worth and value and dignity irrespective of whatever medical conditions they have irrespective of you know if they if they have developmental disabilities or cognitive disabilities and I would even go further than that from you know a religious point of view from my point of view and say that often those people you know particularly talk about people with developmental disabilities that I think, um, on some level they not only have intrinsic value and worth, but they're also a gift, uh, in a way to the rest of us. And I, I, sincerely believe that. And I think we have to be extremely careful when we're talking about human life. And when we get into these kind of cavalier attitudes, um, this, this is how we end up with, um, what we've seen over the course of human history—the callous disregard for human life that you saw—I think a lot of times under communist regimes, obviously under Nazism, and many other circumstances, where people become almost like you know, um, you know, like pawns on the chessboard, really, uh, right. to use kind of tired, old <laughs> uh, cliché. But uh, but they're not. They're they're if we lose if we lose that humanity and that concept of intrinsic worth and value in each individual and the dignity of each individual, then I think we've lost everything. I think if we lose that, then the recovery of the economy doesn't really matter. Um, That's easy for me to say now because I'm not screwed financially, but I think that's something we have to hang on to. We have to hang on to essentially uh, each other. Mm -hmm. And I think if we do that, we can get through all this. I think if we remember, even the guy who we kind of suspect would, would uh, step over everybody else's grandmother in order to get, get what he thinks is his, even he's uh, an individual uh, annoying as he is um, with dignity and intrinsic worth. If we can remember all that, we're gonna get through this. It'll be tough, but we'll get through it. If we start forgetting that, if we panic about the economy, that's what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about us panicking about the virus. I'm worried about us panicking about the economy and finding ourselves making decisions that destroy our souls.
2: Ain't that the truth?
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I saw some
0: good stories a couple days here this week. I've seen stories of, you know, certain landlords in Arkansas or something that were, uh, you know, telling the uh, tenants not to uh, not to pay their rent but to give the uh, the rent money to their employees. That we're being laid off or whatever so feels like there's a little bit hope a little bit of hope in this world but
1: there's and we all we all got to do what we can i mean i'm it's it kills me to see you know our guitarist mike hunchback is a small business owner and, and in the best of times you know it's kind of hand to mouth i mean this guy's mm-hmm. not getting rich off of it well his store shut down temporarily and who knows if it's who knows if he's going to be in business in a month i mean and and I see it around here, you know, people in my community. And I I do what I can. It's like okay, you know, I'll go out and buy a coffee from the from the local cafe, or I'll, you know, the guys at the local cigar shop just moved into a new location. <laughs> they got a they got a big lounge with a ventilation system. They probably went into debt for that, and they had to shut down. I mean, they, the the store's still open, but the lounge can't be open. Okay. Yeah. And they're talking about trying to get maybe a drive-up service going or something. It's so like, you want to help these people out. You want to contribute. And I do to the extent possible. But I also have to face the fact that that um, I'm not going to be able to earn what I thought I was going to be able to earn this year. It's almost certainly not going to happen. And that, um, and that I have no idea what the future holds for, for my industry in the next six to eight months. So I have to be real careful about about my spending too. And -hmm. I think we're all trying to, you know, this is not unique to me. We're all trying to strike that balance. But I think when we try to strike that balance, it's probably not the best idea to only keep us, ourselves and our family in mind. Because again, I think if if we disregard others or don't factor them in to, even on our very small personal level, in, into our world, right? If we don't factor them in, I think we risk our souls. And that's something that, um, that's something that's irretrievable. I mean, once you go down that road, it's very hard to come back from that. And uh, it leads to a lot more suffering than, than there are a lot of unintended consequences to to that approach. It leads to a lot more suffering than you might think. Um, I think we, we, uh, I think we need to think very carefully over over the upcoming time. And, hey, man, I'm one guy. I don't know. Maybe I have my head up my ass. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I don't want to lecture anybody on the one hand. But on the other hand, like, let's remember what's going what's gonna to kill us isn't the virus. What's going to kill us is... Um, is the same things that we've had to fight against since the beginning of mankind. You know, what's going to kill us is this, you know, really disregard for, for our fellow man. And, uh, uh, and we got to figure this out. And the only way to figure it out is to avoid the, the, the hysteria and the panic. And on the other side, avoid, you know, avoid, the, avoid going, yeah, this is all a plot to, to get Trump out of office or whatever. Like, <laughs> Let's just all take a deep breath. Let's listen to the doctors, the scientists, the professionals, the public health experts, and let's use our heads. And, but most of all, let's remember we're not, when we look at these charts, we're not just looking at numbers. Those numbers actually represent real people, and those people matter, every one of them.
0: Amen, dude. I know you said it wasn't intentional, but you putting out this album is is the timing is perfect, I think. You know, whether you believe it or not, I think you're you're making a little bit of a difference for people, especially in Italy that are stuck in their houses and they're bored and they're scared and you're putting a maybe a smile on their face for an hour or something. Um, I, I think it means a lot, man. Definitely I, cheered me up today, I'll tell you that. Me too. And
1: that's really like, you know, I guess I guess part of me and I guess part of anybody who does this would like to do something that's seen as being of great consequence or being a great piece of art or anything but honestly when I'm when I'm when something comes out I mean I work very hard to to try to make the best songs I can try to make the lyrics best and everything and I do shoot for those very Uh, high goals. But I also know that it's not very realistic that (laughs) that I'm going to attain that. So when the thing actually comes out, what I'm shooting for is exactly what you guys are talking about right now. The goal is, you know, I'm an an entertainer. So the goal is to provide entertainment for people. If they get a little bit more of it uh, out of it than that, that's awesome. That's great. But Mm -hmm. Um, you know we're just trying to not really provide a distraction for people but just try to provide something that they can hopefully hook into in that way I said earlier of of kind of that combination of the new and the familiar because that does resonate emotionally with people. That's why we're drawn to music and uh, uh, and art in general. And so um, you know if it, if it has that effect of giving people a little something, you know, to get through a rough time, I, I honestly don't know if I could ask for anything more than that. I mean, that's a that is a terrific honor to uh, to have people tell you, yeah, you know, th- times were tough, and this record uh, put a smile on my face, or or energized me, or one of you know, anything that had some kind of effect on them. I mean, that's the greatest compliment I think you can get as a songwriter. So I appreciate hearing that from you guys. And I hope very much the people, not just in Italy, but everywhere yeah. that are, that are, I mean, obviously I love our Italian fans, but everywhere uh, where we're, we're, you know, really adjusting to a new world in a way. Um, I, I hope that our fans, uh, you know, have that experience and, and get something out of it. And uh, if that is the case, then uh, then I will feel like uh, I did my job.
0: Right on. Well said, man. So I, I we we didn't even ask about. I was going to ask you about the uh, the album title. Yeah, yeah. Some freaks of atavism. Where yeah. what is where did that come from?
1: That's from uh, the Hound of the Baskervilles. It's uh, I think early in the novel, uh, Sherlock Holmes refers to. I want to say like a a monograph or an article with that title it's obviously you know I hope anyway it's obviously something fictional but I that struck me at the time I mean many years ago and I keep a list of potential song and album titles I've done that for years and when something strikes my ear I write it down and you know, it may take a couple decades before I get around to using it. I mean, Baby, <laughs> Fat, Baby Fat was one that had been sitting around probably since the early 90s. Um, so uh, some freaks of atavism has to go back probably about that far. And, uh, you know, part of the reason for using a title like that is I think it, it applies particularly now to the band, and to, and to where the band is at and to kind of what, what we've always been about. I mean, you, you, um, there's something freakish about um, actually expressing and living the punk ideal in punk rock. That is the least acceptable thing you can do in punk rock is to live that ideal of just fucking doing what you want. And doing doing it when you want it, and and um, slaughtering every sacred cow you run across, and that happened very early in punk, before I came along, where it where it became very much a lockstep, um, uh, regimented conformist um, genre. Uh, but the fun for for me was always in uh, trying to subvert that. And that makes you a freak. It makes you an outsider, and it makes you hated. And uh, uh, and I've always embraced that. So that I, I really felt like the 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 um, the album title fits probably better than any other album title, except maybe "How to Make Enemies and Irritate People." Right?
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, we are, in a sense, and our fans are freaks of atavism in the sense of. Um, in the sense of our, we kind of embrace these ideals that made punk great in the first place and that haven't existed in punk for a very, very long time.
0: It's a cool title.
1: So thank what, you.
2: What made you kind of go with the like clockwork orange type of cover?
1: I you know we were tr- we were talking about different ideas for the cover and it just hit me at one point. I was going through old emails, and I saw that art, we had used it for a gig, Ricardo had put together a poster for a gig down in San Antonio a few years ago, and, and I was like, oh, man, that that fits the title perfectly, because the 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 trick is always, you have a great title, but you gotta have the art that goes with it, and I said, to me, that fits the uh, the title perfectly, like, why are we tearing our hair out? We've already got the perfect art, and it's done, so... Uh, so that was then the only question was, I was really adamant about, and it's, it, I think it was hard for Ricardo cause he was, I mean, I think he's behind it now, but at first it was hard for him to get, just go with a plain white background. He's like, no, it's gotta be kind of distressed or something. I said, no, dude, it's gotta be like the <laughs> yeah, you know, old school. poster. It's gotta be just this pure white because that says, <laughs> If it's if it's kind of a dirty white or a distressed white that says something very different than than whether it's a clean white. I don't mean just symbolically, but also in terms of what it says to the eye, right? So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so I was absolutely adamant about that. But um, Ricardo does uh, such great work, and he's so easy to work with. It was um, it's always fun putting together uh, putting together art for records with him and posters and stuff.
0: Yeah, I love looking at those posters. Does he? I always wondered. Are you requesting those, or is he just kind of doing these on his own and then, you know, presenting them to you, and you end up using them?
1: Most of the time, it's him.
0: Oh, mean, they're fucking you know, great. Some of them.
1: Yeah, there have been times when I've maybe suggested a couple things here and there, but that's mostly him. He's really just got, you know, he's got. I don't know what he's got. Whatever we need. <laughs> For in, in a in a designer and a graphic artist. I mean, it's really just such a pleasure to to work with somebody who gets it. You know.
0: Yeah. I was just going to ask if you're still selling the uh, the posters.
1: I uh, we left our old merch company, and I got a pallet full of oddball sized merch delivered <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, uh, and including those posters. And I've had to move them a couple times. I mean, it's a big, heavy stack. Um, actually, it's two big heavy sex. I've had them every time i move moving my rip like five of <laughs> them. I'm like, fuck this shit. I'm taking it to the dumpster. I don't know what I'm going to do because at this point, I mean, I guess I could put up a web store, but I'm not going to be hanging out in line at the post office anytime soon. So mm. <clears throat> I think I'm just kind of in a holding pattern on that for now. I don't really know what to do. I mean, ideally, because the merch company we're with now does everything on demand. So they don't do. They're not going to sell our old merch. They're not going to take posters. So ideally what I would do is find somebody to take that stuff on. But I'm not going to ship it to them because there's too much. It would cost me too much money. And so then it's like, you know, do I find somebody local? My kids probably aren't old enough to where I can put them to work unless I'm, you know, like violating child labor laws. I mean, you would think they're home from school. For God's sake, get them down there in the basement. Hey, start packaging this stuff <laughs> up. Earn your keep around. For God's sake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I, I and I, actually, I think they would probably do pretty good with it. But for me, it's it's, I'm, I'm hesitant to do it because I don't really. I've got a limited amount of time to work as is, and I really don't want to do that. But I, I don't know what I'm going to do long term. To be honest with you, I haven't even opened the boxes yet, except for the merch, uh, the poster thing, because. They put them all in one box, and it was so heavy I literally couldn't move it. I'd open the box and take half of them out. <laughs> um, I don't know how the box didn't break when they put it on the pallet. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, we have them, but, uh, you know, God only knows when I'm going to have them up for sale. Eventually I will. I just don't know when I'm going to get around to it. Right. And that's what I mean about this this economy. Like, people don't think about it, you know, all the implications of everything, but it all matters. Like, The people who like you guys, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm not working at the bar. Well, guess what? That means you don't have the money to spend anymore. At the other places you normally spend money, you're cutting back. And then those people have to cut back. And it's just, you know, that's where we really run into trouble. And I get it, man. I mean, we're lucky in this. We're lucky in one sense, which is most the one good thing that has ever come out of this fucking streaming bullshit is that people (laughs) don't think about it. They think it's free. They don't think about, like, oh, yeah, I'm paying my $10 a month or I'm listening to ads if I don't want to pay the $10 a month or whatever. But most people aren't going to, like, cancel their Netflix subscriptions. That's the last thing they're going to do because they're stuck at home more. Yeah. So that becomes a more justifiable expense. So we're actually really lucky in that regard that – um, we, I am probably, I'm definitely going to see certain income streams go down this year, but streaming probably isn't going to be one of them. In fact, it could go up.
2: Hell yeah, it could especially with this new record only being a digital. You know,
1: yeah, which is you know, and again, that's not really by design. That's just like circumstances. You know. Yeah. Well, how many would uh, you
2: press if you were going to press it on vinyl? Like, how many? How many records does Screeching Weasel need to press? Like. Not uh, shit ton
1: my plan was what i what i originally talked about doing was doing 300 for sale like give them to distributors direct to stores whatever mail order and then 300 of a tour edition which hopefully we would sell on the road because we were going to go out for like our plan was to go out and do like eight to ten shows in a swing Ooh. do like a little tour, and then maybe swing out and do like you know L.A., Vegas, and I don't know what, like San Francisco, San Diego, or something. But uh, and the problem with going out on tour is I lose my voice after three shows, so I have to have a day off. I have to have every fourth day off. Okay. Well, that's a that's a fucking day where you're still paying you know most of your expenses. You're not paying full salaries, but you're paying per diems. You're paying hotels. You're paying fucking uh rentals for gear and the van and everything and yet you're not bringing anything in you're bringing zero in and so um it becomes really difficult but we had worked out weirdly enough a plan where we were going to be able to pull it off and we were getting the offers in and we were like getting ready to pull the trigger and then this fucking shit happened so
2: (laughs) man this sucks
1: so say if anything saves my ass this year it's gonna be streaming man yeah and that's part of the reason we moved it up it's like well we didn't have a label anyway and we didn't have um a publicist we weren't going to be able to afford one we've got no budget we spent all the money on making the records so might as well release it now cuz it's probably going to be easier to promote it now than it will be in august
2: so yeah. plus who doesn't love a nice pleasant surprise you know what i mean i know i was stoked yesterday to see that post
1: yeah but i think it's also a, I, I mean i do think it's a pretty cool thing i remember you know being a fan of bands and like you know, something, you didn't expect a record to be coming out or whatever. Anything unexpected like that, that's always cool.
2: Yeah, super happens. cool. I mean, we were so, expecting it this year, but not, you know, Tuesday.
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm stoked, and, dude. Like, <laughs> I know, and I know this is, a, this is maybe a weird example, but I thought it was so cool that the Met, you know, the Met had to shut down the opera season. And uh, there wasn't a ton of time left in it, but they had to shut down the opera season. And they, they turned around and they made all, every night they've got a new um stream available of one of the operas that they've recorded, um, for like 20 hours, every night a new one comes up and they're going to do this for the foreseeable future. And I was like, man, that is so fucking awesome. So we've been, you know, we've been watching opera every night, you know, it's, it's just a neat thing to do. They made it, they made it free for everybody, you know, as kind of, as kind of a, you know, gesture for, for what everybody's going through. I think that's yeah. that it that gives you a little hope in humanity. <laughs>
2: Totally. Yeah, cuz times are about to get really tough for a lot of people. I'm one of them, you know what I mean?
4: Yeah, yeah no, who I Who knows I, when probably, I'm
2: going back to work. Luckily, my other half is still at work, but who knows for how much longer, you know?
1: It's it's a lot of people are are heading for trouble and I I have I a lot of the people that I know I'm worried about because of that and it's not just people in the music industry because so many other industries are affected by this and and so many others maybe aren't yet but are going to be and uh and we just don't we don't know how it's going to shake out yet
2: yeah i never thought i would see something like this in our lifetime though you know
1: i i think this is all about it's the same as obviously it's a different situation but it's the same type of anxiety that people experience in wartime it's all about uncertainty Totally. the, the root of it is all, we don't know where the fuck this is going. Yeah, you know? that's
2: how I felt when I was a kid, like, the whole, like, looming World War Three with Russia, like, we lived under the bomb, under fucking Reagan's button, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it sucked then, and it kind of sucks now, feeling that same yeah. kind of feeling, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, when something happened, when some sort of you know military action or, you know, like, uh, proxy action happened with somebody who was on, on Russia's side, there there was tension. There was tension in the air, you know, because it seemed very possible, if not probable, that the way the world was going to end was nuclear war. And it was just a matter of time before it happened. Uh, Yeah, like um, that
2: movie The Day After was like a big deal when I was a kid. You remember
1: that shit? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Made for TV. Yeah, like they
2: were sending letters home from my school saying, you know, don't let your kids watch it. And of course, that just made all of us kids watch the shit, (laughs) you know.
1: But yeah, I mean, it's it's. And that's to me that's the the heart of it is the uncertainty of the thing and I think that's um you know that can also provide a good uh opportunity for self reflection and to go maybe remind ourselves that the overwhelming majority of our lives we are not in control of even though we work very hard to maintain that illusion yeah. um, we don't really actually control that much when it comes down to it so uh you know, hopefully we'll all get through it. I think I think we'll get through it if we can just, you know, uh, try to be good to each other and and try to remember that uh, that we all matter, even the jerks that we don't like.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> for me as <it's> most people. <laughs>
2: yeah, wise words from Mister Weasel.
1: I'll tell you this: if anything's going to get us through it, I mean this too. If anything's going to get us through it, other than that, it's art, it's music, it's it's. Uh, it's film all the best uh, things
2: in life you know art music sex that's all we got
1: left (laughs) Uh, sex is not going to hurt either that's right
2: (laughs) unless you want it to
1: i believe in the power of art i really do if i didn't i wouldn't i wouldn't be doing what i what i do if i didn't believe in that i really believe in that and i think that's something that people can can look to you know for me i'm religious I can turn to my religion and I think there's nothing better to turn to. But if you're not religious, if you're not in that place, you can turn to art and it serves in many ways, a similar function. Uh, And, and uh, I think that more than almost anything can help people get through difficult times because that sheds light on our shared humanity. When it's good art, when it's real art, that's what it does. And, Mm -hmm. Um, and it does it in a way that, that politics can't and that lecturing can't that words can't and and uh, uh, hopefully uh, hopefully, people will, will turn towards that I think they will too I think we instinctively do it in times of trouble we turn to music we turn to film you know TV whatever it might be plays you know yeah, great paintings whatever it might be and we should keep doing that absolutely Embrace the beautiful because if you don't, you're going to find yourself embracing the ugly.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. So, 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 Ben, the the world is is a messed up place, but this album is coming out. And I can't, uh, you know, we, we, we like the hype, the the bands we love and stuff, but this is, uh, this is a really good album. I, I would, I, I guess I don't want to sound like a dick. I don't know if I was expecting a lot out of this. I wasn't sure, but. It totally delivered way beyond my expectations. Um, it, it's a classic Weasel album to me. It sounds like newer Weasel, but it has those classic elements. Um, I think everybody's going to love this. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I, and I, the guys all worked really hard on that. And I think, I again, I would just say that I think a lot of the credit goes to the other guys in the band and our and our producer. They did just a, a tremendous job.
0: Really? Well, I, I appreciate you, uh, you know, giving us uh, an advance copy of it. Um, so it definitely made this week's been kind of tough. You know, my wife, she lost her job yesterday because of this. And uh, there's some uh, our our area got hit with a few cases of the virus and stuff. So it's kind of been worrisome. But uh, I had a good couple hours today of fucking completely blocking it out. Yeah. So then
1: my job is done.
2: Yeah. There you go. I felt like a teenager today <laughs> listening to this album. I really did. I did too, man. Like nothing, oh. you know, the world's not so bad.
1: I'm glad yep. to hear, it. and I can't, I cannot ask for for uh, my stuff to have a better effect than that.
0: Cool well um Ben we won't keep you any longer really appreciate you uh yeah. you being on again episode 99 I can't believe I don't know how we did this I think you did this you <laughs> must have planned this out or something so
1: I'd never tell if I did
0: <laughs> um glad you know come back anytime I guess we'll see you in about uh 51 episodes from now
2: yeah the challenge has been issued dude you gotta write a number song for your next episode yeah
1: it'll be like 148 or 152 I you know I got <laughs> Because you gotta have the you know, it's like Mel Brooks would talk about the the funny words. Right. Is it Mel Brooks did that? I think so. Talk about what words are funny and what words aren't funny. So you yeah. gotta really figure out like what's the what's the best number for a song. But I'll get there. So, I actually cool. have a number song, but the problem is it's like in the thousands. So we don't wanna wait that long.
0: Yeah, we don't have to wait that long.
1: No. <laughs>
0: I don't think we'll be around that long.
1: Yeah. Yeah, oh. I mean you're in the four thousand range there, so I'll be dead by then.
0: <laughs>
2: Yeah. As always, man, absolute pleasure to talk to you, man. We've been lifelong fans and we're just gonna stay that way. And it's just validation when, you know, one of our <laughs> yep. favorite artists drops a fucking badass new record. It's just okay. it all makes sense, man. Love it. Thank
1: you for saying so and thank you very much for, for uh giving me uh time on your podcast. I I really appreciate it.
2: You're welcome, it back anytime.
1: Thank Absolutely. You.
2: Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Okay, so long, guys. Stay safe, man.
1: Hey, you
3: From Teenage Bottle Rocket in Wellingtons, and you're listening to The Dummy Room.
4: <laughs>
0: oh man, there you go. Ben Weasel again.
2: Yeah, super surprise hit and run kind of episode. You know, we just, we just found out about this yesterday.
0: Yeah, I I just can't believe it. Still can't believe it happened, and I'm still fucking. Yeah, man, super nice guy. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, you know, we're, everyone we're knows like, we love Ben Weasel.
0: Yeah, we're like mega geek fans, you know. Yeah, but um,
2: that's really cool of him to you know think of us, which you know
0: I'm totally honored. Yo, yeah, I, I'm I'm yeah, kind of nerding out here, but um, you know, just. What my favorite band since, you know, since fuck I don't know, ninety four, ninety three, whatever it is. Right. Um, still listen to those records and man, I'm I'm this this one's this one's really good. I know it's one of those things where you're just like starving for that you know, new music from a band and stuff, you know? But I don't think I really was. You know what I mean? I'm not like I'm at an age where I I can wait, you know? Yeah. But this one was fucking great.
3: Yes.
2: Yeah, couldn't come of a better time, you know? I mean, I yeah. literally felt really happy today listening to this shit, you know? Yeah. So, and lately, if I go outside to just chill out or whatever, you know, I'll be sitting out there just looking around going, ugh, what kind of <laughs> world are we living in right now, you know? I know, I know. It's just, it's it's nice to feel happy about something, you know? That. Yes. You know, we grew up with this shit, and of course we're going to be stoked when the, anything he <laughs> releases, but... Absolutely. This one being so timely in such a fucked up situation,
0: it's, yep. it's really cool, man. So hey, man, um, I we we've talked about it quite a bit here. Everybody, go check it out. But um, we should get out of here, dude. Next week, though, is our big hundredth uh, episode.
2: Yeah. So stay it tuned also, for that. And the, we just want everyone listening to know we're going to do this as long as we possibly can. I mean, as long as the yeah. internet's working, we're going to be <laughs> we'll have shows for you, and we plan um, on probably doing extra shit i don't want maybe like commit maybe. to that but we'll post it <laughs> if we do to that you know they're
0: disappointed but i just can't believe it's the end of march already man it's like this year it seems like it just started and we're almost into april so yeah but anyways episode 100 next week this was of course 99 i don't know what we're gonna do next week but it's gonna be a cool one maybe we'll have i don't know talk out of my ass maybe we'll try to get josie or something
2: <laughs> yeah good luck
0: yeah <laughs>
2: yeah anyways um
0: all right man we'll see you next week
2: Yep. Everybody have a great week. Thanks so much for listening. Stay safe out there and never, ever give up hope, people. Ciao.
4: Thank you for listening to The Dummy Room. We hope you're all safe and well, and know that we appreciate each and every one of you. Meet us here next week for another fun episode. Take care.